can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I wanted to open the episode and talk about icks. Yes. We haven't talked about icks in a while, mm-hmm. but been a while. I've been watching maths. I didn't haven't been watching it the last few seasons, but I decided this year I would watch it. And there's a storyline about this guy, Jesse's icks, if you haven't seen it. And I thought we were bad and I thought all my followers were bad, yeah. but nothing compares to this guy. His icks He's an ick for having so many icks. I don't know how he tolerates anybody. <laughs> he has like a interview with the psychologist guy. Yeah. Whatever, I can't. Do you know what he's John? Name? John. Is that his name? And John's John. trying yeah. to like tell him like this is going to be a mirror to you. Mm. And he doesn't seem to take that on board at all. Like he doesn't seem to know how insane he sounds. So I think this was in the first couple of episodes. Basically, a producer said, do you get the ick quite easily? And he says, "Uh, yes, I do. And it's funny that you ask because I actually brought a list. And so then he starts going through his list and it's, I think the best place to start is girls who are addicted to their phones. That's one. Mm -hmm. Social media, motivational quotes, hustle and grinding. (laughs) This is funny. Chicks who are always talking. That did come up later. That did come up. Yeah. 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 So people that talk. Yeah. Chicks who always interrupt you. We're up to six. Any girl who starts their sentence with, oh my God, babe. He'd hate us. <laughs> star hate sign us. chicks. He would hate you. I'm not a star sign chick. You are. <laughs> I actually agree with that one. Sorry. I'm going to get a lot of hate. I think that's an ick. Um, such a Sagittarius thing to say. Uh, <laughs> ick. Mirror selfies. Girls who leave dirt on the mirror. Girls who take gym photos for up to 16. Who's putting dirt on their mirror? I don't know. This is what it says. Okay. He also listed butt, boob, bikini. That's another. I think he's referring to the types of photos. Okay. So we're up to 19 so far. And then basically, though, if you haven't seen it, his wife. I love how they pretend that they're actually married. Yeah. Like it's one of the weirdest things in it the is. show. <laughs> like you just met. She asks him when was he born and then that was it. He was Did so he irritated by her from that moment yeah, on. I saw You've the never seen someone get the ick so intensely. From that moment on, her talking icks him out mm. and he shushes her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> if someone shushed me, I would not. Nah. I'm gone. Well, she Shush. ended up walking away from one of those conversations. Because so then he I've started imitating her. Oh. I've only seen it on TikTok. So I've seen the clip you sent me. Yep. And then I've seen clips of him coming up on TikTok and they were on their honeymoon and she yep. was having a conversation with him about She's what so lovely him about her. And he said, oh, that you just talk all the time. Like, yep. oh, the, look at the sun. Yep. Look yep. at the ocean. Yep. <laughs> she starts to feel like. Can I, when do I, t- like he tells her to leave pauses and, mm-hmm. and not fill pauses in conversation. Like, yeah, he really makes her doubt herself and she is so lovely mm-hmm. and such a catch and I can't believe that he is irritated by everything mm-hmm. that she does. 
I'm sorry, but she's, I really like her. I'm irritated by everything he does. He doesn't even turn around and go, oh, maybe I have some icks. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's just all about her icks. Mm. Anyway. Like the tattoo on his hand. Oh, my God, When he was being so rude to her, I was like, oh, I would have (laughs) snapped back so hard at him. (laughs) What would you have said? I would have said, can you? I'm not going to say that, actually. I would have said my ick for you is that tattoo on your hand. And also you like, wash your hair. Yeah, wash your hair. Oh, I, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to like stoop down yeah, to his level. Let's not go there. But he has his own fair share of icks and mm. I don't understand. I think oh. a lot of people are going to be psychologically evaluating him throughout this series. Yeah. And I think he's going to get a rude awakening at the end of it. I think watching himself back would be really helpful as well. No, I don't think he has any self-awareness. You don't think he no. would watch that and go, this girl is beautiful, no. funny, she's like, Great cat, what am I doing? No, she's not irritating go, at all. I, I don't know, find I was, her irritating. I was well within my rights to feel that way. Yeah, I think he's gonna watch it back and think that, and other people are gonna be saying, You're not mentally okay, that's not normal. I can see that. why they chose him because he makes great television. That's all yes, I'll say. I agree. I agree. So, like, they can't just have all happy couples, mm. like, it makes sense that they've got him on there. Yeah, because it's because look, we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the happy couple that. Have got no issues. And I saw no footage of them last night <laughs> no, on the first no, I episode I watched. So, <laughs> anyway, Joe, what's on today's episode? On today's episode, we are talking to Dr. Lucinda about night sweats, and then we're talking about the pros and cons of going braless and all cons with Tish from She Science. And we've been there to have <laughs> our have. bras fitted, and I think I might need a new fitting because my boobs have shrunk since going off the pill. But oh, that's the story. Wow. No more eight be- double Ds. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Joe got told she was an eight double D. I was like, what? It was a D, not a double D. It was a double D. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I think it would have fell off my chair if it was a double D. (laughs) And of course, our products, we didn't know we needed. So I think this uh, request came in from a listener, Hannah, Mm -hmm. on night sweats. And you and I are not equipped to answer that question. So we're bringing on our resident GP, Dr. Lucinda. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Uh, Night sweats. Interesting topic. I've not experienced this myself. I do. I get, well, I don't know about night sweats, but apparently, according to my boyfriend, I'm so, I get, I'm cold all day. And then at night I go like 10 degrees hotter. Really? Like really, like boiling hot. Oh. I'm assuming it's something to do with the fact that your body changes temperature at night. Dr. Lucinda? I guess it's because there's so many different factors to play here. Like for example, Hannah, have you ever known that you get hot at night or has he just told you that? Well, yes, because in Thailand I would put the air conditioning on. Uh, sorry, I would be like, turn the air conditioning off, turn it off. <laughs> and then I would turn it on at about like 10 or 11 p.m. and he would be shivering. Wow. So like I went from like I cannot have the aircon on at all mm. to having it on all night because I felt like a completely different temperature at night. Okay. And do you think it changes within the month? Does it change for you within the month or is it like that all the time? I don't know because I'm asleep, so I don't know. I only <laughs> realized when there was someone else next to me and I had to like compromise with temperature. Yeah. Well, look, there's so many factors to play here, like whether it's hormonal sort of like factors or just because of the things that you do in your life as to why you could be hotter at night. 
like me personally, my back is a furnace sort of like, and it's always been that case, always at nighttime as well. But everyone's got their own sort of normal for them. So by you having that doesn't mean that you're abnormal in a way, you know, if Joe has it, then it's like, and or doesn't have it, you know, it doesn't mean that it's bad in any fashion at all. It's only when it's coming alongside with sort of some symptoms where you're like, oh, do I need to be really worried about this and go and see my GP? Are you telling me that I need to go and get blood tests? (laughs) Something's wrong. (laughs) No, no, not necessarily. If it's your normal, like that's your normal. But if you're like, "Mm, oh, actually alongside this, I've started feeling like way more anxious than usual. I'm like losing this weight out of nowhere. I'm like super hungry or I'm peeing loads. You know, I'm feeling really feverish or unwell with it. Like those are the kind of things where you're like, okay, no, definitely go and see your GP just to make sure there's nothing else going on. It may also be that I dress for like the snow to go to bed. Oh, God. (laughs) In summer, I wear long sleeve pants and long sleeve. Everything needs to be covered. I've got some very weird sleep habits. Okay, well, that's why she's hot at night, everybody. (laughs) We've established that. So, Dr. Lucinda, what are the different factors that can cause night sweats in people? We probably commonly associate night sweats with menopause, right? Mm. But there are loads of other sort of illnesses and medical conditions, even medications and stuff that can sort of lead to night sweats, like overdressing at night and your environmental Mm -hmm. temperature, obviously, in the bedroom. But like even if we're pregnant or after pregnancy, like after we've delivered, I've got premenstrual syndrome, we can get sort of hot flushes, night sweats then. If you've got any endocrine conditions, sort of the endocrine system basically is our system which helps control our metabolism, the way we deal with energy and a bunch of other hormones. So if there's an overactive thyroid, diabetes, bunch of other medical conditions, Also, if you suffer with like things like anxiety and panic attacks, that can sort of, you know, lead to sort of you feeling hotter and needing to sweat it out and cool yourself down. Or simple things like infection, for example, or if you're known to have an excessive sweating condition, that hyperhidrosis, even sleeping conditions like sleep apnea, where you stop breathing in your sleep. And then obviously like the rarer, more sort of concerning things like blood disorders, cancers, neurological conditions. But then when looking into medications, for example, so things like antidepressants or steroids or even painkillers like paracetamol and aspirin can lead to things like that. And then stuff that we do that can alter it are things like smoking, that's a really big one, as well as caffeine and alcohol. They all sort of mess a little bit with the way in which our blood vessels dilate and therefore give off heat and sweat. So there's lots of different things to to take into consideration there. I did hear from one of my friends who had a baby recently how bad the night sweats were. Yeah. And it's all to do with alteration of hormonal levels. And I was like, I did not even know that was a thing. All the shit you learn about giving birth and being pregnant from your friends, like, thank God I'm not the first one because that would have freaked me yeah. out. <laughs> I know, right? It's like knowledge is key here. Yeah. Otherwise you're like, what is wrong with me? But it's, yeah, it's amazing like how adjust- adjustments of our hormones throughout our life cycle can have such a big impact on this. On hormones, why does menopause contribute to night sweats and how long does this tend to last? 
So it's an interesting because uh, like a lot of things in science, so not everything is completely understood. But the theory is that because when we hit menopause, our estrogen, progesterone levels, they all drop down. And the main culprit within the symptoms that we get seems to be from the lowering of the estrogen levels, which basically causes a gland in our brain called the hypothalamus that's responsible for regulating our body temperature to think that we're too hot. So it just confuses it. And therefore, as a result of that, it gets us to, to sweat so that we can release and cool down our body by that sort of sweat evaporating off our skin. So that's sort of the theory as to why we get hot flushes because of the low estrogen impacting on the hypothalamus. And then with like these kind of night sweats on just general hot flushes in menopause, it's really common actually to get it. It's about 70% of women or more appear to get hot flushes and night sweats in menopause. And look, they can last anywhere from seconds over to minutes. Some people say even like an hour. The average amount of time seems to be about three, four minutes. And they can occur daily. They can occur weekly. You can even skip a month or two, which can sometimes make it really challenging to know like, I really hate these. I want to get some medication for it or something (laughs) to help. And as far as like, well, when is it going to end? Again, everyone is so different. Like for some, like it will be an average of maybe a couple of years. And then for a few very unfortunate women, they can go on to have it for, you know, decades, (laughs) you know, 10, 20 years. But the only good news with that is that if you do end up having it sort of for a very long time, the frequency and the severity does reduce gradually. My mum brings one of those little, have you seen her little fan? She has like an electric fan. (laughs) A hand fan. That she brings to the Mm. restaurants with her. You need that. Yeah. Hot flushes would be so uncomfortable. I said to her, I said, doesn't it feel like you're like in a tropical like destination? She's like, no, it does not feel like that. Doesn't it feel like Thailand, mum? Surely. Inside, she said. It's not like a hot breeze on a warm night. It's like from within and it's like burning from within. Sounds horrific. Yeah. So are there any ways to actually alleviate night sweats? Do you have any recommendations, Dr. Lucinda? Yeah, totally. Like there's things that you guys, you know, like uh, that we can do. And then there's things that doctors can do. I guess avoiding triggers, like I mentioned before, things like alcohol, caffeine, warm drinks, Spicy food is another one. And obviously try and quit smoking if you can. And when we do like strenuous exercise, that also makes us really flush it out. So trying not to do that, you know, just before you go to bed is really important. And then making sure that you try and wear breathable, nice, light clothing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, aircon's great. Or like even you can get these things where you can get mattress covers or pillowcase covers, which are cooling. So that can be pretty good. Or getting like just like a cool bag and putting that underneath like your pillowcase sheet. That can be quite nice. Other than that, genuinely, when like drinking some cool water before you go to bed, that can help maintain like adjust like your core body temperature potentially. And honestly, I know everyone always says this, but keeping healthy and active is really important because like the studies show that exercise does reduce hot flushes by improving the way, well, the theory is that it improves the way in which your body regulates the temperature again. So lowering your core body temperature in general, which is pretty cool. And then obviously there's things like medications that doctors can prescribe if you'd like that. So as we know, know, menopause is all about the loss of these sort of 
estrogen and progesterone hormones, right? And so like the most approved therapies are those of hormonal replacement. So with estrogen plus or minus progesterone, depending on if you've got a womb or not, so doctors will know what to do there. And they genuinely do work. And they also help with other things like bone loss, which is really common in weakening or thinning off the bones, is really common in menopause, as well as sort of cardiovascular disease protection and some protection against some cancers and stuff like that as well. So it's not all bad. Please discuss with your doctor. But there's also like some non-hormonal options as well. So if you really don't want any of the hormonal ones, And then like, it's tricky when it comes to supplements, like I'm all for natural stuff, but if you're gonna start anything, please do it alongside your your doctor, just to make sure that number one, it definitely is the menopause, and number two, it's not going to be harmful to yourself at all in any way. And if you regularly wake up having night sweats, should you see your GP? So I would definitely say if, you know, you've got regular night sweats, especially if it's interrupting your sleep or it's coming alongside with any other symptoms that we mentioned before, like feeling feverish or unwell, unintentional weight loss, anxieties building up, please just go and see your doctor. Like we'd much rather have a chat with you and be like, yeah, cool. This just goes in line with the menopause thing, but they'll take a full detailed history. Look at your past medical history. They might do some investigations just to rule out any other causes potentially as well. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day, guys. So, Hannah, you might remember when we went and got our bras fitted and we were just talking before about how my boobs have shrunk since I came off the pill, which has been a, not a pleasant surprise, I'll be honest. I was kind of happy with my 8D. 8D. <laughs> I thought it was double D. But. <laughs> but we do have Tish joining us from She Science where we actually went to get our bra fittings. Welcome back to the podcast, Tish. Thank you. I was thrilled to be invited back on. We're happy to have you here. Someone actually asked about you in our Facebook group the other week. So we're glad to have you back on. I think you might have a client coming to visit you. But we wanted to talk about the pros and cons of going braless because Hannah wears a bra at all times. And over COVID, I've decided, actually, I don't like bras and I don't find them comfortable. So I just wear like a little bralette. Oh, no, but I don't wear a bra bra oh i am today like an underwire bra is that what we're talking yeah. about oh no i thought you just meant bras in general oh, like i never okay. free ball like ever okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tish i was wondering if you could tell us what are the pros and cons of going braless and i mean completely braless like like, like nothing there. nothing no crop they're flapping top. about yeah you know i'm an interesting person to ask because i own a bra yeah store, right so <laughs> Most of the ladies that are presenting to us are desperate for bras. They're desperate for support. But I have done some research into this over the last few days and asked a number of friends and family members what their thoughts are on top of obviously my own thoughts. But I think like the thing to remember, it's subjective. Mm. You know, it's in the eye of the boob haver. (laughs) So like a big breasted woman, as an example, and we're going to just make generalizations here, don't mean to offend, but a big breasted woman might find that going braless is really uncomfortable mm-hmm. because they feel like they need that support. Even medium breasted like me. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I find it so uncomfortable. Yeah, so I think comfort is usually the thing, you know, that drives people to or discomfort to stop wearing a bra. Whereas, yeah, like I say, for a large percentage of women and certainly all the ones that are presenting to our specialty bra store, going braless would be uncomfortable. 
you know, they would be, they would feel like their boobs are going in one direction and they're going in the other. Whereas, say, maybe a smaller busted woman might perceive that as being more comfortable. You know, likewise, if we look at somebody that lives a very active lifestyle, they might perceive being braless as being, like, again, really uncomfortable versus somebody that has a low movement lifestyle, works from home, out like our COVID days, might perceive going braless as being more comfortable. The next to consider is our breast sagging. Like we don't talk about this at all from a like from a marketing perspective or in our bra fittings. It plays on kind of something negative and we just don't feel comfortable talking about it. But for some women, the idea of going braless, like the con there might be they might perceive that then their boobs are gonna get saggy over the time. And our breasts have a natural support structure. We have two, our skin and our Cooper's ligaments. And as you ladies will know with skin specifically, like it has some elasticity and some ability to recoil. Mm -hmm. But once that skin is stretched beyond a point, it can't then recoil. And that's where we think, you know, over time, potentially not wearing a bra may put our skin in a position where it's being stretched beyond that point of recoil and may lead to saggy breasts. I think it's a good point to bring that up because that's, I would say that that's probably does play on women's minds, like as much as we might not talk about it. I think another thing to consider is modesty. You know, for some women, having their nipple showing is such a negative, like they feel so exposed. And for other women, it's like free the nip, like, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be restricted. I should be able to choose what I want for my body. And they like that. So again, opposing views. Something else you may not have thought of, and this is particularly for really big-breasted women, wearing a bra will actually separate the breast from the stomach and prevent skin rashes. Mm. So for some women, they would develop rashes under their breast tissue, Mm. which can become fungal infections, you know, nasty kind of business. So for those women, going braless, it would just be a horrific experience. Another thing to consider is shape. I went to a 21st on the weekend and I uh, was talking to a couple of the girls there about this and, you know, they much preferred the shape of being braless versus myself. Really? Yes. And myself and my sister, bigger-breasted women, you know, going towards our 40s were like, no ways, we need the shape of a bra yeah. to kind of give us lift and, you know, that's how we feel good. So, again, you know, all subjective things. A couple of pros, I should say, to going braless that I think most people would agree with would be the cost. Mm -hmm. You're not buying bras. Not great for my business, but (laughs) good for for womankind. You know, if you're not having to invest in bras, for for a lot of people, that's, that's a big deal. And then another one that the girls in the office mentioned, unsightly straps ruining outfits for some of our team you know on the weekend they'll choose not to wear a bra so it doesn't get in the way of their outfit i can't even go braless if it's a backless dress like i have to tape when i use like booby tape i get like a skin reaction a lot of people experience that actually oh okay so i get like skin comes off and then it gets like a reaction to it that's preferable than going braless. (laughs) i'll just wear nipple covers the sticky ones i'm weird about i'm like there's no pros to going braless for me hey so that's like my personal preference and then I have friends that say they love not wearing a bra and I'm like you're crazy yeah I'm the same so we've been fitted by you for bras before why is a proper fitting bra so important 
Okay, I'm glad you asked this because this is something I wanted to talk about. So many women that come to see us, like they're just desperate to be comfortable. You know, they've been uncomfortable in their bras for such a long time. They've heard about this elusive thing that if you're well-fitted, it'll be comfortable. They come in, they don't trust it. They fully don't trust it until they experience it themselves. The most common mistake women make with their bras is they wear them too loose. Now, when we wear our bra too loose, what happens is it shifts against our body and the underwires will literally move around and poke into us. They'll poke into our breast tissue, they'll poke into our sternum, they'll poke in under our arm area, and that is uncomfortable. The way women try and make their bras more comfortable is by loosening them or by wearing a bra size too big. And that's actually getting them into this worse position. So when our bra is well fitted, it actually should kind of be suctioned onto us. Like the rib cage band should be so firm and not uncomfortably tight, right? There is a difference, but it should be firm so that it doesn't shift around on us at all through the day. And it's like an instant sense of relief. I feel supported but I don't have that fiddle factor because I can't. My bra is suctioned onto me. It's staying in place all day, every day. That's happened to me. Yeah. I was wearing a 12C and I'm a 10D. <laughs> and honestly, it's the most common change we make. So uncomfortable. I hated bras. Too loose at the back, too yep. tight on the exactly. boobs. And there's just yeah. no ways you can be comfortable like that. So a lot of women say in your instance that present, you know, uncomfortable in their bras will ask for wire-free bras and you know we'll, we'll try them in wire-free bras mm. for sure but by the end of their fitting we'll also try to make sure we put them into something underwire because if we put them into something underwire that's well fitted they'll often like it more you know it's not like a band-aid fix we're actually just fixing the root cause of the problem have you ever worn a wrong sized bra I did know that my boobs were deceivingly bigger than they appear to be, but I was wearing size C bras and then I'm actually wearing a size D t-shirt bra now and it still does fit me. 8D? Yeah, 8D. But I have noticed since coming off the pill, I've lost quite a bit of my boob, which is very unfortunate. But what can you do? I feel it still fits, but I think I could probably get away with a C again. So I might pull those bras back out. Yeah, I definitely like think because now I wear, I'm actually wearing a sports bra today because of the shape of this (laughs) top. But I I can't wear a bra without underwire when I'm working out. And so I, since I got properly fitted, now it's comfortable to wear a sports bra because that 12C was just not comfortable. So like I completely back what you're saying it's like anecdotally it's definitely made such a difference it's a common thing and the size change that we made with you ladies is so representative of Mm. what tends to happen like most common change we make for people is take them down one back size and actually up two cup sizes like that just seems to be the most kind of common thing that we do you know not for everybody i think in your head you think a d is different to what it is you think a d is huge huge like big boobs but d is actually not like that's like us. On that note, actually, Tish, has bra sizing in terms of cups, has that changed over time? It hasn't. But what I would say, definitely the perception. Let's go back a, a second here. When they first kind of built bras, it was A, B, C, and D cup. And D was like, okay. whoa, knockers, right? 
Right. And then they started to realize, okay, people are getting bigger boobs, so we'll add double D. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "Oh, we can't just do triple D. We're, like, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to keep going here." So they they kept going up the yeah. alphabet. <laughs> but the perception that a D cup breast is big is like still, you know, relevant. That's what people think. A fourteen double D is the average breast size in Australia. Okay, a double D cup on a frame is an average size. Uh-huh. So if you walk past somebody in the street, you know, you think, wow, they've got massive knockers. They don't have D-cup boobs, double D-cup boobs. They have G-H-J-cup boobs. A lot of ladies perceive me to have, you know, a C-cup breast. I am wearing a 6G bra now. Whoa, we're looking at Tish right now. I never would have thought of that. I mean, I've had a breast reduction and I don't perceive myself to have big boobs. Wow. Okay. So for women like me that ditched bras altogether in lockdown basically I'm just I just pretty much wear those Calvin Klein crop tops and some cotton on body bralette things should I be reintroducing bras into my life now that I'm going back out into the world like what advice do you have for people that have done this over lockdowns it is generally a very gradual process back into the world of bras kind of be kind to yourself make sure you get fitted so that you are setting yourself up to be comfortable. Yeah, and slowly kind of maybe wean in the odd underwire if that's what you want to achieve out of your wardrobe. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being in wire-free bras so long as they fit well so that they can offer support. And how often should we be washing our bras? Yeah, I think like, first of all, washing our bras does damage them. It's what stretches them or tends to kind of stretch the fabrics. And if we washed our bra every time that we wore it, it would have a significantly reduced lifespan. Some people have to wash their bras every time they wear them because maybe they sweat a lot. Mm. You know, for me, I find, you know, I can wear a bra three or four times before having to wash it and it's totally fine. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, washing it every couple of wears is fairly normal. Again, a sports bra, a different situation because we're sweating in it. Sports bras always get washed as soon as they've been worn. What about how frequently we should be replacing old bras? Like how long would you usually get out? Yeah, I've got ones that I had when I was 15. I'm assuming those ones that you've had since you were 15, you haven't been wearing every day, right? No. No, they just sit in the back of my drawer. Totally yeah. holding on to them. You know, if you've got one to wash, one to wear, one to spare, so you've got three in rotation, you could probably expect those bras to have a useful lifespan of about nine to 12 months. Now, they're not going to start disintegrating on you. They're not going to break at that point, or they shouldn't. But what will have happened is they will have stretched. And once bras have stretched, they can't function. You know, we talk about needing to have a firm band around our rib cage in order to get support and be comfortable in our bras. So as soon as it's stretched, you'll lose that support and that kind of comfort. Bras tend to die silently. If your clips have died, you know, or any other kind of major issue like that, the bra probably actually was dead a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you need to go and get a bra fitted or you need some advice about bras, Tish is the person to see at She Science in Melbourne. And you can also find them on Instagram at She Science. Thanks for joining us again, Tish. No worries. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You make bras so interesting. Yeah. I never knew we could talk about yeah, bras. I was long. actually really <laughs> engaged in that conversation. <laughs> 
I see you've got some samples over there that I sent to you. Joe sent me a box of samples. You brought both in as if you wouldn't save one for another product. Really? Yeah. I wanted to bring them both in because I didn't know which one actually worked because I used them both at the same time. No, that's fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't just use one, I used both and they worked so well that I was like, why would you not? Mm -hmm. Anyway. Should I talk about what mine is? go for it. So curly girls will know that if you've been doing like heat styling and like you're constantly straightening your hair, you use a curl product once. This is my experience. And you don't just automatically get your curl back Mm because you've like damaged the curl. It takes time. You've got to like sort of get that curl back. But I have used these two products. And do you know how many people commented on my hair? Really? So many. And now, and they're like, what product did you use? Because it actually... I have a photo. I don't know if can you see yeah, it on the thing. Show. It looked really, really nice. Well, you tell me. What do you think? That does look really nice. It looks really nice so wave. nice. It had like not mm. as much frizz since coming back from Thailand. I haven't really, I've been straightening it a lot. Mm. So I wasn't expecting this to do much. I thought, oh, I have to do this quite a few times, have to lay off on the straightener. But it really did work. And I could really feel this is the curl leave in butter. Like I did my shampoo and then I put this in and I could really feel it. Like I could Mm. feel how nourishing it was, but it wasn't like a slick way down feeling. Mm -hmm. So I could really tell that worked. And then I also used, this is virtue by the way. Oh, I'm just pretending like I don't know people (laughs) are listening. Oh my God. Cause we're, we're doing video as well. Okay. Let me start again. Virtue curl defining leave-in butter and the curl defining gel. I use them both together and I just feel like even one wash, you could see how good the curls looked. I reckon it really reduced the frizz. It actually gave more definition to the curls. Did Virtue's it smell good? Amazing. Hmm. I always love the smell mm. of Virtue products. Oh, that is yeah. nice. So nice. kind of like a fresh floral scent. That reminds me of the Gold Coast actually. And also it's like this, what colour is this? Peach. It's like in a peach. Mm. So nice. They just really know how to do hair products. Mm, they do. It uses an Alpha Keratin 60KU, which is like their special keratin. Do you know much about that? Repair, it's yeah. like a repair. It's so really, really good, good really good for damaged hair, especially like heat damaged curly hair. Thanks so much for sending it to me. I love it. Okay. I really love it. She chose the best products. As have, soon as I saw them, I thought they're for That's Hannah. for me. Mm. What's yours? My product today is a new one from Benefit and we're huge fans of Benefit's brow mm-hmm. products. I know you are as well. And you like the 24-hour brow setter too, don't you? Yes, love it. Yes. Okay. Oh, a new one. So they've come up with a new product. It's called the Fluff Up Brow Wax. And this is like an amped up version of the 24-hour brow setter. Oh. So you know how we really loved the Anastasia? Yes. Um, what's that called again? Brow freeze. Brow freeze. It doesn't leave your brows as like slicked down as that, mm-hmm. but it's like somewhere in between 24-hour brow setup. Oh, I'm going to need that. to get this. So this, I've been using it for a couple of weeks. I love it. I didn't put it in my brows today. I put 24-hour brow setter in because I had this in my bag and I knew I'd forget it if I took it out. But it's a waxy Wax. texture, but it doesn't leave that crusty. Mm. You know, the, sometimes when you use waxes, they leave like flakes and stuff in your brows. It doesn't do that. And for my very long eyebrow hairs, mm-hmm. it really helps to hold them down. So I'm loving this. It's a really good addition to their brow collection. They do and really I good. And you do need it. Yeah. You should buy it. Thank you. Sure. Sorry, I'm I don't not, have a sample. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Hannah, I am about to go on a brand trip to Toronto, Mm -hmm. which I'm very excited about. It's the first time I've been overseas for work Mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. And I'm super pumped, but I'm freaking out at the weather. Mm -hmm. So I know that the Canadian is from around Toronto (laughs) and it's going to be like negative five Mm -hmm. every day. That's actually warm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't own any appropriate clothing. Like I've lived in Melbourne pretty much my whole life yep. and I don't have clothes that would be even remotely warm enough to wear no. in that climate. So I need to need go like and buy Canada thermals. goose. Yeah. Yep. Yes. That's what I yep. looked up. Yeah. I bought some Hunter rain. Boots. Oh yeah. The, the gum boots. Yeah. Yep. So I bought them because I was saying everywhere that I Googled, they were like, you need proper snowshoes. And I was yeah. like, I don't yeah. own them. No. And I'm probably never going to wear them again after this, but I'm trying to get all of my ducks in a row so that I don't freeze. Yep. But I wanted to know about skincare. So I thought we could ask the Canadian <laughs> so, what skincare I should take. There's two Toronto. recordings coming up. The first one, if we play it, he didn't quite get the memo of like, he didn't understand the brief at the start. <laughs> <laughs> skincare. Huh. Pack a winter jacket, winter toque, some boots, a winter, the st- a winter hat. Toque. Toque hat. What's a toque? Toque is like winter hat. Okay. <laughs> and some good snow slushing around boots. Dress warm. <laughs> skincare advice. <laughs> Sorry, a toque. I appreciate the toque. <laughs> to- I'll tell suggestion. you. T-O-Q-U-E. What is that? Is a Canadian close-fitting knitted hat. Oh, a beanie. Often with a tassel or pom-pom on the crown. Okay, so a beanie. Sorry, I said you didn't really give any skincare advice there, so let's start again. So I've got another recording. Okay. I don't know. What, what am I going to tell her what to pack? You know what to do. You know about the skincare. Some dermatologist cream, that, that, that um, moisturizer one. It's all you'll need. What about dry skin? What happens when you've got dry skin? Put that dermatologist on, the white bottle. White bottle. Yeah. Dermalogica. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> he is meant Dermalogica. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what about advanced night repair? I thought he'd be recommending that. No, he just said the Dermalogica. What? Wait, which Dermalog- one? He said dermatologist. <laughs> which white one, cream. I'll tell you. The skin smoothing cream? Because I've got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that okay. one. I'm not sure that's going to be rich enough. Well, that's what he uses. My plan is 6 plus B5. Okay. <laughs> You definitely asked the wrong person. (laughs) But I think that Took's a good good suggestion. How do I go today to buy a Took? Go buy a (laughs) Took. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 